been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Hey, welcome to the world-famous God Whisperers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. <laughs> That's a very quiet gong. Why? You might want to see a doctor about what? that, Bill. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Well, you need to turn up the volume. Let's try that again here. Okay. Oh, there we go. Why did the volume go down so low? I'm Bill Swirla, and this is my gong. You, you know, that, that fails more often than it succeeds. <laughs> Oh, Billy. (laughs) 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 It's going to be one of those shows. We are both just out of our minds right now. Yes, we are. uh, But that's that's nothing new. Um, Why don't we do housekeeping, do a little mail, and then uh, just launch into a few thoughts. Uh, This is 9-11, so we have to somewhere along the line include that in our conversation. We'll we'll fit it in somewhere because it is a it's a day that we need not to not forget. Yeah, and, uh, but but it's thirteen years now, and and there's been a lot uh, there's a lot has happened in those thirteen years that I think have been shaped by nine eleven. But uh, maybe we can get back to that uh, in the first half or so, something like that. So the God Whispers hotline is, is area code six two six five nine three seventy seven thirteen, which spells manly. Doctors 13, Manly Durs 13. And I would check it, except that the uh, IT department here at the International Center has made it impossible for me to use my computer, it seems. So, yep. sorry, the yep. number you have dialed is not in service at this time. Bureaucracy at its best. That's amazing. They've completely locked you out. Well, they, they don't want people using their personal computers, uh, nor do they want to buy me a uh, <laughs> yeah, computer well, with all the software that I need. Uh, so it's, it's, a, it's a control issue there. So. Yeah, I've, mm. I've put in a request for an exemption, so we'll see what happens there. Good luck with that. They, my my they, wife... They can they can be reasonable at times. My, my wife uh, had to deal with human resources. Uh, I won't mention the place, <laughs> um, but uh, just to get a keyboard tray, they just kind of piled her keyboard on top of her desk. Now, this is somebody who works at the computer, you know, eight to ten hours a day. We're talking right. about just this is not kind of, uh, you know, peck at it a little bit and then go off and do something else. But but she's, you know, she's she's a loan analyst. And, and uh, so she's uh, she's at it at her desk. And uh, but what she's looking for is a better chair because because she's already had back surgery and some more ergonomically correct way to uh handle the keyboard and you would think that she had asked for like an entire suite of offices or something <laughs> a, a gym uh membership to a local spa uh, it was it was just amazing the amount of rigor and then they weren't going to give it to her and and finally i guess her boss's boss kind of put his foot down and so that was that was the end of that but uh just just amazing to, in 2014 we're going to quibble over ergonomics uh, i think i think we've got repetitive motion injury down pretty well as a science at this point so mm. i don't know for for sure because i don't understand the the 
bureaucracy in a corporate building like this. But I, I get the feeling that everybody actually works for HR and IT. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's right. I, I think President Harrison actually works for them. Yeah, HR and, is the reason that the comic strip the comic strip Dilbert exists, okay? <laughs> right. You know, Catbert, the evil HR uh, person. But I, I, I'm convinced that HR is the whole reason. Uh, HR and middle management is the reason that Dilbert exists, and everybody loves it, and they all have Dilbert strips uh, pinned up in their cubicle somewhere. But, um, yeah, everybody works for HR, and everybody answers to IT. Yeah, I, I think that I, that's IT kind just of, controls the whole thing. The the IT, I, th- I think IT is kind of the police department for the human resources. <laughs> well, yeah, IT that, that de- might be the way that it works. IT demonstrates the axiom that information is power, and uh, uh, they control all information. They control the flow of information. They control the flow of electricity, and they control whether you can have a keyboard, uh, you know, an ergonomically correct keyboard tray or not. So, yeah, a lot of power there. A lot of power in the hands of geeks. It's a real bad. It's a potentially volatile situation. Not not good. I remember one time um, in my my past uh, life in higher things, uh, we were meeting at, at a corporate office. Uh, one of our directors was was a, a big corporate guy. Um, I won't mention the company <laughs> or the place, and uh, but well, he was, this. Huh? was was it a Fortune five hundred company? Uh, it was, and okay. and right. he he was was the um, or was connected to one. Let's put it that way. But but he was he was top. He was the top dog. And wow. what was interesting was he didn't necessarily know. Um, the details of a lot of things, but he knew how to get things when he needed. So we needed internet up on the top floor in this conference room. And uh, I don't think this guy even used the internet, but he knew how to get it. And so, so, uh, he makes a phone call and within five minutes, there are two really scruffy looking guys with lots of cables and tools hanging off of them. (laughs) And five minutes we had internet we were connected you know and he still didn't use it i don't think he knew how to use it but it didn't matter he knew how to get it and it was at that moment in my life that i realized what true power is all about you you don't need to know a lot you just need to know how to get it (laughs) you need to know who to call you need to know who to call um if you want to uh if you want to deal with us uh you can Email us at godwhispers at gmail.com. We'd be happy to read your email, laugh over it, um, and we might actually read it on the air if it's mockable. So, so you know, please do. Uh, if you have, like, deep theological questions, ask Jonathan Fisk over at Worldview Everlasting. They handle serious problems over there. But he's so twitchy. Yes, herky he's, and jerky. He's, um, he's very twitchy. <laughs> So well, and they have a they have a a, a large cadre of quote unquote young confessional pastors. Uh, you have to be young to to play that game, and so uh, so if you have serious questions, ask them. Uh, in fact, we might be giving them questions just just for fun. I, I think oh, hey, that's a good idea. You know, ask worldview everlasting. It could be a new feature on this show. Ask them about the peckability of Christ. Was, was it <laughs> Could he possible? sin? Was it possible for was him it to possible sin? for Jesus to sin, being yeah. fully man and fully God? Yes. That's, they might actually try to answer it, which would be funny. I, I think the only time they've ever punted on <laughs> is a question that having to do with the demons, and they sent it over to us. Why they sent ah. demonic questions to us, I can only speculate, but... 
And <laughs> if if you want to catch up on the archives and our shows, do not li- repeat, do not listen to more than two at a time. Uh, we are at godwhispers.org when the server is working. Now, so, when you say two at a time, you mean at the same exact time? Uh, in the same two day. Plane? Binge listening, binge listening. You know how it's real popular now to binge watch TV series? It's it's wise to space them out at least 10 hours. <laughs> Between, and no, I, I would take no more than two episodes every 10 hours. We can't be responsible for what happens. If no, I, I'm saying one, one every 10 hours. Ah, I think the, an adult, it, it depends, it depends. If you weigh over 250 pounds, I think you can handle two. The uh, yeah, you you, you it's kind of like the blood alcohol kind of thing. Yeah, it I is. can see that. Yeah, it is. let's go. To yeah, the if you're a 120 pound lady, don't just be careful. Be I uh, I think we should go to the mailbag. All right. The God Whispers mailbag brought to you by Human Resources. <laughs> Bill, yeah, that's right. The Human Resources Department. Greetings, manly doctors. I have two suggestions Greetings. as far as your music is concerned. Oh yeah, one. If you were to put together a CD of music from the mighty Swirlitzer, I am sure that many people would think twice about buying it, but a few, myself included, would buy it. The CDs are so 1990s. It's 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 basically all download or vinyl. Vinyl's coming back. Don't count on vinyl in the near future, though. That's all I can say. Hmm. Two. We've been talking about that. You know, the um, I think I have about six uh, Lemker stylings on the Swirlitzer. Um, I think if we had a few more, we we'd we'd have an album. We haven't had any for a while. Have we had any new ones? No, Maybe? no, we haven't. We, we haven't, but but we do. I mean, we have we have good stuff. So, but I'll talk to Chris. Uh, second, I've noticed that Jesus is a friend of mine. Has been kind of absent lately. I think you should replace it with this. Oh, <laughs> do you, I'm just playing it while you talk. I hear it. No, no, cut that because I, I I think I have some. He's got a link, and you know when people send us links, I always get nervous because uh, you know I'm expecting like. Um, Computer viruses, actually, but uh, uh, but no. The, the, so here's the link. Let's let's see what this is about here. Let's see. If I was Jesus, I'd have some real long hair, a robe and some sandals. Exactly what I'd wear. I'd be the guy at the party <laughs> Turning water to wine Yeah, me and my disciples We'd have a real good time Ooh, and I'd lay my life down for you Yeah, I'd show you who's the boss I'd show you who's the boss <laughs> All right, I, I kind of get the uh, gist Now, of who's responsible? I say, who's responsible for this unwarranted <laughs> attack on my person? 
it wasn't going too badly until we got the I, I'd show you who was boss. <laughs> Over the line! It, it, it was. You know, it kind of reminded me of this. <laughs> I like to picture Jesus in a tuxedo T-shirt because it says, like, I want to be formal, but I'm here to party, too. Because I like to party, so I like my Jesus to party. I like to picture Jesus as a ninja fighting off evil samurai. I like to think of Jesus like with giant eagle's wings yeah. and singing lead vocals for Leonard Skinner with like an angel band. And I'm in the front row and I'm hammered drunk. Hey, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> the Ballad of Ricky Bobby. <laughs> that, that is one funny scene. I mean, I, every time I hear it, it just cracks me up. So that was Toby Keith. If if I was Jesus, I'd have some friends that were poor. I'd run around with the wrong crowd. Man, I'd never be bored. Then I'd heal me a blind man. Get myself crucified by politicians and preachers who got something to hide. You know, how many others have you done this to? What gives you the right to hand out life and death? <laughs> or play that? Uh, <laughs> see, I'm always hesitant about those those links, Craig. This is where it leads you. Um, I think I, I think he has a point, though, and I need to ask. I mean, has uh, has corporate uh, come down uh, human resources, perhaps, on uh, our playing Jesus as a friend of mine? Because I notice you haven't called it up lately. Uh, no, we've just uh, not, nothing, we've, from the, we've been, nothing from nothing from the corporate distracted. office. I've been distracted. You've been distracted. Yeah, I've, okay. I've been distracted. But but nothing from the corporate office on that. No, no, no. Nothing from HR yet. Uh, legal might, legal. might yeah, chime well, in on this, though. It's, it's only a matter of time before legal weighs in. Right. We, we need to uh, be beware of legal now also. <laughs> that was Stefan, by the way. This is from Mark, uh, dear pastors Bill and Craig. Yes. I've been enjoying your show for about a year now. <laughs> I'm surprised he still enjoys it. As well as any of Bill's sermons that show up on Fighting for the Faith. Hmm, I don't know what that means. Oh, he enjoys. Never mind. I was listening to your most recent Texas. Wait, homes... is 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 Chris uh, like picking apart your sermons now? No, no. I, I I when I send him stuff, which is few and far between these days, but uh, he does play. I I still have a sermon slot on uh, ah, Pirate Christian Radio. On Pirate Christian, I got. I it. think I'm mostly I in rerun. I think I've been in rerun for two years now. I was listening to your most recent Texas Homeschool Rapture episode and was delighted when Bill speculated on the relationship between his initial call and the Rodney King riots. Yes, that, where was I that night? I was. I was a snot-nosed high school sophomore, that's all redundant, by the way, smooching, no further, with my fundagelical, they were predicting that Bill Clinton would bring about the rapture, no kidding, Nazarene girlfriend uh, in her church's parking lot while waiting for her mother to finish some business inside. <laughs> There's a sentence. That'll, that, that's a sentence that causes you to you know, want to read the rest of the novel, I suppose. So he's making out with his girlfriend in the parking lot in Nazarene Church where mom was at. When I got home that evening, it was alerted by my parents that L.A. was on fire. Though I was raised in the LCMS, my quote-unquote experimenting with evangelicalism was sending my mind racing. 
I don't remember if I responded to the altar call the following Sunday or not. I did rededicate myself to the Lord a time or two in high school, though. She left me for someone more victorious several months later. Hmm. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, fast forward. We all had that experience, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have. We have. <laughs> Some more than others. Uh, fast forward 22 years, and I live in Nampa. That's not Napa. That's Nampa. Na- Nampa? Yeah, Nampa, Idaho. 20 miles, Idaho. Okay. 20 miles west of Boise. The home of Northwest Nazarene University, but also 35% Mormon. Needless, wow. needless to say, the things I have to say concerning justification, communion, and baptism draw some odd looks from my peers. Keep up the great work. By the way, Craig, if you can get 5.0 to put their stuff on iTunes, I loved it. Ah, well, I, five, I, will, uh, I didn't know it was E-A-U-X. Five. Right. It's oh. E-A-U-X. It's, it's, it's F-I-V-E dash E-A-U-X. I like it. That's, uh, that's, that's, if, that's if, clever. You you can look them up on uh, on YouTube, but they they have a oh I can't remember which service it is. They're they're on another service, and uh, soon they shall be doing a album release, whatever that means these days. And I'm sure that they'll be. I heard the album is is going the way of all flesh as a format. Uh, the- well, I think it's quote unquote album release, whatever that you know. We don't know what that means. Well, it- a group of songs. Yes. With a coherent theme? Is it a, a concept playlist. album? Basically a playlist. Ah, yet, yet, now there's a good point, Craig, uh, keeping up with the youngsters, that, that the album has been replaced by the playlist. Yeah. That's it? Um, yeah. Once so again, we're at the cutting edge of culture. Um, one more real quick from uh, Ken. Um, he says there is real Cuban food in St. Louis at La Tropicana, Ooh, I'm 5001 Lindenwood. La Tropicana. They also have real Mexican food. I have to hasten here that in both sentences, real Cuban and real Mexican, the real is in all caps. Mm. I don't know what this means, but I'm just I'm just for full disclosure. Um, ask Louie, or it could be Louis <laughs> or Luis, uh, for the story about why they have both. Cuban okay. and Mexican. I enjoy the show. Blessings, Ken. So there's your your search for Cuban may have ended. Now the thing is, my iPhone said that there was that the closest Cuban was across the river and up about a hundred miles or so. That's well. Siri has been supplanted by the the Android girl, hasn't she? I mean, Siri Siri's kind of heavy. I think it is. Yeah, Siri's like lost it. She's she's uh, the the latest uh, uh, commercial I've seen. Siri Siri's not useful anymore. She's not even funny anymore. You could be you used to be able to ask her about where the body was buried and stuff like that, and they they don't. She's 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 not as funny as she used to be. Apple's right. going downhill since Steve Jobs. You know, well, have you ever noticed that all, co- let, all country guys sound the same? Let, let's see what Siri's up to here. Let's see. Siri, who's funnier, Bill or Craig? <laughs> Here's 
what I found on the web for Siri. Who's oh, funny. really? She's going she's gonna to look it <laughs> on the web? That's nice. nice Godwhispers.org. God <laughs> nice, nice that'll, weaselly. That'll answer your question right there. Godwhispers.org. Yeah, Way to way to avoid the question and bail out. Wow, that's that, that's, that's as evasive as some of some wow. of the guys, some of the guys on the confessional Lutheran group Facebook. <laughs> All right, let's let's try this one. Yeah, Siri, what's my name? You're Craig, but since we are friends, I get to call you handsome. That's, right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's nice. We, we, in fact, we should ask her. We should ask her some. Ask her a Lutheran question. Oh, okay. Ask her. Ask her if there's reciprocity in the Second Guinness. <laughs> Siri, is there reciprocity in the Second Guinness? <laughs> Let me check that. Okay. Uh, I found this on the web for she's, she's, in the second case. <laughs> what did she find? She's bailing out to the... Uh, she's, she's deferring to other authorities. Yes. Not bad, though. Did she find anything? Did you? Are you uh, are, can you tell? Oops. Uh, I just I just goofed up. <laughs> oh, it went to Guinness Beer. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> okay. So so I, I would consider that kind of a success. It, it's Guinness 250, an age of reciprocity is what it says here. <laughs> you know, she may not be washed up after all. <laughs> I'm suddenly thirsty. Um Hey, I got a quick quote for you here. Okay. Uh, this is from a paper that uh, I stumbled across. Actually, it came before my eyes uh, uh, on one of those endless discussions on uh, one of the Lutheran groups on Facebook. And uh, I, I was curious about the, the term radical Lutheran. Have you ever been called a, a radical Lutheran? No. Uh, Are you familiar with that term, mm. radical Lutheranism? I'm no, you know, I don't know what L- that is. Lutheran is becoming so confused these days. You have to like attach adjectives to it. So you have confessional Lutherans, you have right. liturgical Lutherans, you have, uh, you have true I'm going blue with, Lutherans. I'm going with just Orthodox Lutherans. Gnasio Lutherans. But, but uh, Radical Lutheranism was a paper that uh, Gerhard Ferdy wrote uh, for the Lutheran Quarterly a year before the ELCA formalized their merger. Wait, wait a minute. Gerhard Ferdy? Yes. Gerhard uh, O. Ferdy. Uh, what, 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 what can I do? Oh, okay. Attention, the following segment contains a home schooler alert. Yeah, yeah, right. Attention. If we're going to talk about Ferdy, I have to put out some sort of alert here because uh, there there are rabid opinions about that. I, I actually saw him. Uh, he did a convocation. Do you remember at the, at the St. Louis Seminary, the Wednesday uh, post-chapel convos that they yeah, did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went on for about 1030 to noon. Something like that, and uh, but he gave an hour hour long talk about the scriptures, law, and gospel, um, and it was interesting. I I, I didn't I, I didn't quite agree with him. I I remember a very significant conversation with Norman Nagel afterwards in his office. He and I were uh, talking about the 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 convocation. I, I found uh, Ferdy's approach to scripture to be a bit too categorical. Uh, that it is kind of like you could take your Bible passages and put them in a law go- law bucket or a gospel bucket, that kind of thing. Mm. And uh, I felt that was just too um, it's too facile, too too uh, 
too categorical. And Nagel agreed. That's where I got the Nagel hermeneutic from because uh, I asked, I turned around at the end of this discussion and I asked Dr. Nagel, uh, how do you approach a text? Uh, and and Ferdy was talking about preaching uh, because you remember for him, that's the big deal. The gospel's for proclamation. It, it's it's really about pro- proclamation is the name of the game with Ferdy. Mm. And, uh, and, and so I asked Nagel how he did it because we played Nagel sermons on this show and uh, he's rather unique in his approach, a very textual kind of preacher, but... Uh, uh, but he he said he said something to the effect of that he looks for the Jesus the text is attempting to deliver, and then he considers what gets in the way of the delivery, which mm. would then be the law. See, the law kind of clears the way for the delivery of Jesus from the text. But I thought this was a fascinating way to look at a text not not to sort out the law bits and the gospel bits, but to basically say what of Christ is this text delivering, and then what in us gets in the way. You know what? Don't what is it that we don't want to hear, and that becomes then the 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 pivot around which the law uh, operates. And I, you know, I've held to that for twenty two years. That that has gotten me through more sermon prep than just about anything else I've learned. Hey, we got to take a break. Wow! But, uh, when we come back, we'll talk more about this. Wow! Listen to the God whispers. We'll be back. Don't forget my quote. What quote was that? The Ferdy quote. Oh. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. to the world-famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I continue to be Bill Swirlock. Yes, you are. I miss our real gong. Remember that? Your wife's gong. I know. You know what? That that actually belonged to the school district. Oh, it, so it's out here. It's, it's actually in Southern California. It still. is. Yeah, it's in Garden Grove, California <laughs> right now. The God Whispers gong is somewhere in a classroom. Hey, uh, I, elementary school. I finally got over to Don the Beachcomber. Oh, you did? I did. Um, Was this for uh, for Porsche. the Mighty Moe's going away? Yeah, Steve Moe's. Steve Moe's, you know, he's he's fleeing the state, he and his wife. Yes. And uh, they were having a little farewell bash. And unlike your birthday, this was on a Sunday evening when I didn't have, and uh, before a day off, too. So it was, it was a, a perfect storm. And, now, I, uh, I avoided Sundays there because they have reggae night. You know, that's, that's we, blasting in one ear. <laughs> yeah. And then and then in the bar, there's like a blues band. Oh, no, 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 no. In, in the bar, there was the worst karaoke I have ever heard oh, in, that's in excellent. my life. It was, you it, know, it really was good. But here's the thing. Two zombies makes everyone sound beautiful. <laughs> I went with the house Mai Tai because it's kind of their specialty. Right. Uh, quite good. A little, little sweet for my taste. Uh, you know, I, I like I, I like the, the heavy front-loaded citrus in my drinks. So, well, you know, this the is, margarita, uh, that, that kind of thing. But That's the original recipe that you got there. <laughs> I know. It's, it's a little different. It's it's not the... It's spicy. Uh, it, it, has, yeah. it has some really interesting spice. I have to admit it was tasty. It was very good. But just, just uh, it's kind of one of those high-calorie drinks and well but, sure. uh, the um the appetizers were spectacularly good 
Mm, good. Very, very nice. But yeah, we had a great time and lots of people there and stuff. And and uh, but I never, I never realized it was right smack on the coast. Right. Yeah, it's right on Pacific Coast. And Highway. it's this ramshackle place. It's like a bunch of shacks glued together. It's awesome. Did you see the uh, the back rooms? Uh, we were the, in one the of the banquet rooms. Oh, we, you were we, in one of we, the banquet rooms. We actually rooms. got a banquet room. We had enough people that they kind of, uh, I guess it was unoccupied. That may not have been plan A, but that's how it like eventually panned out. It was nice because we were out of the uh, the, the music noise and stuff, the bad ah. karaoke. So we, we didn't have that inflicted upon us. Wow, that's... That's pretty sweet. So yeah, it was. Uh, so my first time though, and uh, uh, very interesting place. It, it it really it's like it's old school Huntington Beach. You know, you could tell what you could tell what Huntington. And thankfully, I only had two mai tais early in the evening because we were driving back from Seal Beach on Seal Beach Boulevard. They had a DUI checkpoint. Uh oh. Yeah. Um, didn't st- didn't stop and no problems. I would never I would never drive under the influence. That's just especially in California, but it's anywhere. Good, but good policy to to not that, drive under the no, no 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 no. Let's not endanger yourself, others, your passengers, the rest of humanity. Your career, your career. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it goes when you end up having to take your bicycle to work every day. It's not and on on pastoral calls, not a good <laughs> thing. Pa- well, you can take the bus to uh, pastor. Why you know, why are you riding your bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> Suspended license. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Not um, good. No, no. It was it was a it was a very sane and sober evening, but very nice. Uh, good friends, Steve Mo and, and 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 his wife were there, and and it was it was it was fun. But I, I thought I'd mention it to you, being a connoisseur of all things tiki. It, it is a very tiki tiki rific spot, and and just I've got to tell you, the owner there, Arthur. Uh, died about a year and a half ago, and uh, he they was must just, have had one blowout party when that happened. He was uh, a mensch among among mention. He was uh, <laughs> uh, actually at one time he was an American Baptist seminarian. Oh, really? And no kidding. Dis- discovered that he didn't want to go in the ministry, became an attorney, and ended up being a, a Los Angeles City Councilman. And uh, wow. really fascinating guy, great guy, great libertarian tiki. Fiend is is just a fantastic guy. <laughs> now, as I understand, Tiki is a sort of a per, post World War II invention, right? Yeah, uh, from the GIs that who came back from the Pacific and kind of wanted to sort of like distill the best of. And uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much the way. I, and I, then I kind of get it. I mean, I, you know, I'm not as, I'm not the aficionado you are. Um, I do have to admit, I love the pulled pork sandwich on Hawaiian bread. That that is a match made in heaven. In fact, in, in fact, I need to get a recipe to make those those sweet Hawaiian rolls. I I, I, I need to add that to my bread repertoire because those are good for that application. They I think they use pineapple juice as possible. That's possible. Yeah. yeah, pineapple juice would would lend some. To it. Hey, let me get to this this Ferdy. Yeah, quote. yeah, yeah. Back to Ferdy. Uh, the article written, published in Lutheran Quarterly, 1987, a year before the uh, ELCA came into being. Uh, certainly, the talks were underway. Lots of conversation. And uh, Ferdy, of course, being a professor at Luther uh, Seminary in uh, Saint Paul, I think Saint Paul, Minnesota. Is that right? Yeah. Anyway, um, he. Uh, was kind of privy to a lot of the conversation, and and you know the ELCA is was and still is a kind of this strange admixture of reconciled diversity, lot lots of things going on, um, not really clear what they want to be, you know, are, are they, and they've kind of settled, I think, into basically sort of another version of Episcopalianism, but but they're they're. Um, 
Anyway, th- this was back in the confusing days. And, and so he wrote this article um, advocating radical Lutheranism. And uh, people have picked up on this and used it to wrong ends. But there was a great paragraph. I want to share this paragraph uh, where he's talking about uh, where Lutheran, Lutherans historically have fallen short. And, and that he says, virtually all the failures and shortcomings of Lutheranism can be seen in the hesitancy to proclaim the gospel in uncompromising, unconditional fashion, to proclaim as though we were about the business of summoning the dead to life calling new beings into existence. Most generally, it seems, the gospel is preached as though it were a repair job on old beings, a new patch on an old garment. It is preached to old beings instead of for new beings. When that is the case, the litany of complaint turns out to be mostly true. Its understanding and proclamation of the gospel undercuts and enervates the moral projects of old beings and seems only to invite license. When the gospel is not anti-old Adam-Eve, it just becomes antinomian. The only way one can rescue it from absolute disaster, then, is to make compromises with the projects of old beings. But that is the end of the gospel. Either the gospel must be preached in radical fashion, or it is best left alone altogether. What an, <laughs> what an awesome paragraph that is. You know, and if that's what he means by radical Lutheranism, sign me up, baby. I'm just processing that. It, it was kind of a dense statement there. Very dense. But but here's, yeah. here's the key sentence. Here's the sentence that stands out. When the gospel is not anti-old Adam, Eve, it just becomes antinomian. You know, mm. and that's that's the kind of that's the charge that's just thrown out all the time. Whenever somebody you know feels like you're short shrifting the so-called third use of the law or something, it's, oh, it's antinomian, antinomian, and and you know, a lot of this paper is basically how Lutherans have messed up the gospel, and one of the ways is the pietisms of the third use of the law, where you know basically, well, now Jesus saved you, now you better show your gratitude and and start start getting good. And 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 work on work on your sanctification and and all of this stuff. And so as as what I'm thinking here is that that sort of thing should be more descriptive than prescriptive. What what sort of thing are you referring well, that, to? As as I like to preach that the gospel teaches you to hate your sin. Uh, you know, it's it's the love of Christ and His goodness to us and His mercy and grace. That shows us that our sin has caused his death, and it it teaches us to hate our sin because how could we not want to be more like him? Yeah, actually, he says that. Uh, he says that another part of the paper is is that um, pe- the new man does not arise by being beaten with the law, right. um, and and the new man delights in the law of the Lord. And, and and meditates on it day and night, but but the reason is is he's free from it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and but see, I, I love this because this this paragraph says. I guess I love it because it says what I say all the time. But but the, <laughs> that that it's not about renovating the old Adam. It's not fixing him up. It's not putting him through some twelve step rehab program. But it's about dying and rising. It's about putting the old Adam to death. 
and it's about the new man in Christ daily arising. And 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 Ferdy's got a hold of this. See, I, I think it's this radicality of the gospel that kind of drove his categorical thinking about Scripture. So, in other words, he's got the he's got law and gospel radically distinguished. Uh, but I think what what he ends up doing is he ends up turning scripture into kind of this this two buckets thing, which which really isn't the case at all. Um, the, the new man, when the new man hears the law, the new man hears a perfect description of who he already is in Christ. You know, it's not a these aren't marching orders. I saw a good example of that in last week. Let me see if I can call it up. Uh, last week's epistle. I've been preaching on Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, that that may have been the biggest mistake of my life. I, I don't. I don't sermon series on a book. It just doesn't. You know, I'm so used to preaching the gospel. I thought, okay, I'm going to preach the continuous reading from Romans, and so I've been doing it. And you know, it's okay. It's hard to preach um, proclamatory sermons on epistles. It's really hard well, to do that. Yeah, because Paul kind of sets it up in a law gospel way. So you're you're going to. In some of the chapters, you're going to be really importing some gospel. Exactly. That's right. And you're, you're, you're preaching on a sermon. Right. So, you know, it's like, well, I'm just part of a sermon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's so right. The, Even yeah. worse. And then when the lectionary guys get it. But, but here's the example. In Romans 12, starting at verse 9, I'm just going to read it. I've got the RSV open, but they all read about the same. You know, let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Do you realize that in the Greek, none of those are imperatives? Hmm. They're all participles. This whole passage is descriptive. Okay. Interesting. So it really reads something like this. Love being genuine, hating what is evil, holding fast to what is good, loving one another with brotherly affection, outdoing one another and showing honor. He's describing what the baptized, anointed priest to God in Christ looks like, mantled with Christ, covered with Christ. Um, and, and see, it's that description. That's motivating in the sense of that's who you are. That was Ferdy's big thing, right? Sanctification is catching up to your justification or getting used to, <laughs> getting used to your justification. Um, but, but that whole section always gets translated. It makes it sound like a bunch of marching orders when it's all participle. It's all descriptive modifier telling you what the new life in Christ looks like as you are in Christ. Not stuff to do. This is, this is what happens. It's interesting to to consider that because we hear so many times that, uh, you know, if you're a Christian, then you are going to do this and you're going to do that. And it's it's read to you in a way like if you're not doing that, you're not being a Christian. See, I think the old Adam needs to hear that because the law always accuses. But but uh, I, I was reading somewhere else, a guy, a guy named, you ever heard of Oswald Bayer? He's, he's some German nope. theologian. He's kind of come. He's come hot on the scene lately. At the end of his career, he's he's older, but now he's got time to write, and he's got a book on Martin Luther. It's a it's kind of a contemporary interpretation of Martin Luther's theology. Unreal, hmm. great stuff. But he he emphasizes that for Luther, the law always addressed the old Adam. 
You know, that was that was the big thing that the law addressed the old Adam. And and the new man needs no law. But the new man uses the law against the old Adam. So that, that's, the, that's the whole business going on in the third use of the law. But, but the law is always accusing, even when it instructs. And, and so, you know, the old Adam certainly needs to hear this and knows he can't live up to it. He needs to die. In fact, he needs to get out of the way because he's in the way. He's the problem. But the new that's, man, you know, the new man in Christ delights in this. This is who he is. The, the, uh, the third use of the law we have traditionally said is is like the rule or the ruler, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, th- and, I think it's the ruler across the knuckles of the yeah, old Adam. Whack. I, I, I always like to say it's the wall because you run into it, it bounces you right back to the second use. You know, it says the Christian does this, and you say, well, gosh, I don't do that very well. You're back to the second use again. I, I, actually, I need a savior. I actually think this is kind of a, a, a new uh, brain blurp of mine, but I actually think the third, the, what we call the third use is actually the first use uh, kind of revisited that's why luther only knows of two uses of the law an external use and an internal Hmm. um but and that's in the small called articles there are only two uses of the law one is sort of temporal kingdom and one is eternal um and the eternal is what we call that theological use the deep diagnosis that drives you to christ uh, you know shows you the depth of your sin but i think the third use is just simply the external first use of the law in the hands of the new man hmm. see the, the first use is in the hands of civil government authority structures things like that reining everybody in but in the third use now christ hands you the law and says says i've declared the old adam dead now you just make sure he stays dead you know he pops up just beat him down <laughs> just and, and that's what paul keeps talking about in his epistles you know put off the works of the flesh you know set aside uh, the deeds of darkness uh, cast off the old nature with its sins and evil desires. Put on the new nature, uh, so that you know that's that's what all that is about. Is is now the new man is ruler is right is cracking the old the old Adam across the knuckles with the law, because he's got to go along for the ride. We're stuck, you know. <laughs> We're both old and new. We're seamal, and so he's got to go along for the ride, and he didn't want to go. He's like the kid in the back seat going to church. Do we have to go to church today? The answer is yes. Shut up. <laughs> I, I think the problem is too many people use it as a as a measuring stick, and they say, "Well, now that I'm a Christian, I've got to measure up here. I've got to do this, that, and the other thing," and and it becomes a, a new uh, it, it's a it's a new self justification. It's a new Pietism. It's a new curving in on yourself. Well, yeah, you know, Ferdy mentions that too because it, these are all the ways that that Lutheranism has gone wrong, um, and and. Uh, one of the ways is that leaking in of the law again. You know, it's like we trust, we don't trust the, the gospel. We don't, we don't trust this freedom. We don't trust this forgiveness. We don't trust the new man. And so you got to get, get some law in there because, you know, after all, got to be careful. They're going to take it the wrong way. They're going to say, let's sin so that grace may much more abound. They're going to say, why not sin? Because we're no longer under law, but under grace. You know, Paul heard that. Um, and but Ferdy's right is that that you're not preaching the gospel unless you unleash it unconditionally, and it's that dangerous. You see, well, but, but yeah. you know, but there's no negation of the law as long as we're sinners. See, this is where I think Ferdy gets it right, and I think he gets it via the bondage of the will. Uh, that fifteen twenty five work by Luther, we're we're really two willed, we're dithelite. You know, we've got the will of Christ, and we have the will of Adam. And it's Romans 7, lived out in us, you know. 
I don't know. What, I don't understand myself. The things I do want to do, I don't. The things I don't want to do, I do. You know, with my mind, I serve the law of Christ, but with my flesh, I serve the law of sin. You know, what kind of nonsense is that? <laughs> it's Paul. It's reality. That's Christian life. I'm trying to think if if somehow where where it says uh, all things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. Fits in First Corinthians. Well, yeah. hmm. you know, in a sense, that's yes. Yeah, I, I think it does. Because Paul will not let misuse of a gift negate the freedom in which that gift is given. Right. So he can affirm the libertine principle, all things are lawful. And yet he turns to the neighbor and he says, but not all things are beneficial. Mm-hmm. Not all things build up my brother. So, you know, what attenuates that freedom? Not not the law, love of neighbor, love of the brother. You know, he doesn't do what he's free to do because that would not be love. You know, and and that's that's the that's the paradox. Before God, we live by faith alone in Christ. Before the neighbor, we live by love alone. Faith sounds good to me. Faith doesn't do <laughs> faith doesn't do you, and my faith does not do you any good. I, I've got uh, nothing to add to, to that. I you know, it's, but anyway, there, I've been there is just you know, that. I I wish I wish that that the ELCA had listened to Gerhard Ferdy. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. the, when I read when I read a, a paper like this written in 1987 of radical Lutheranism. Uh, you know, I, it was almost a cry in the darkness. I think he knew. I, I think he knew where it was all going. Well, that, you he, know, everything from social gospel to all kinds of other pseudo gospels, and 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 he he knew that the answer was radically in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I don't think anybody wanted to listen to him. Yeah, he and Jim Nestingen ended up being the the two men on the outs. You know, they, yeah. they were just kind of the outsiders looking at by the time that everything was said and done and the social gospel and the liberalism and, and all of the rest took place. Um, all of them legalisms in their own ways. You know, um, social gospel sounds good, you know, fighting for justice, for equality, for all kinds. It all sounds great. But but as Ferdy points out, it erodes, it chisels away at the true gospel hmm. because it's law. It's all law. It's, you know, it's, it's judging what you are doing or not doing for your brother. And so, so it's like being, being pecked to death by ducks. You're just kind of like continually nibbled at all the time by this, 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 this irritating law. And there's no real gospel in any of that. So, and I can't help but to wonder, you know, what is it in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod that wasn't attractive enough for those guys to come over. Oh, <laughs> you know, we're like, my friend, my friend Wally says it this way. He says, um, you know, the, the, the strands of Lutheranism, uh, they're like two different gauges of trains that from a distance look alike, but they run on different tracks. We have different vocabulary sets We're we're, we're different. We're different Lutherans. Even the, what we would call the confessional guys, they're different. And, and, and I think it just comes down to who your teachers were and who formed your primary theology, uh, a Scandinavian versus a German background. There, there are lots of things, different kinds of pietism. Their pietism is different than our pietism is. Isn't that weird? And, and the, the weirdest thing in the world to me is, and I've experienced this, is liberal pietism. 
Well, not, I'm not even thinking liberal. I'm, I'm just thinking Scandinavian pietism versus German pietism. They're, they're different. But all Lutheran bodies have pietism in them. It's, it, it went with the immigrants. All the immigrants were, were pietists by and large. In fact, that's why they left. Nobody wanted them in the old country. They were a pain. Um, and so it's, it's, it's kind of in our DNA. But we're different. Um, we, we kind of, we, we, <laughs> it's a little bit like an evolutionary scheme. You know, we, we have very overlapping genetics and we clearly have a common ancestor, <laughs> but we've ended up on different branches of the tree. And I don't think you can bring us back together again. The species don't, don't, uh, don't relate. <laughs> so we just, we are what we're at, what we are. And, and, and I'm fine with that. I, we don't, we don't institutional Unity is is that's that's a man made unity. I, I, that's 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 not necessarily a good thing anyway. You know, it's kind of like the split between the East and West churches in the 11th century. That uh, they they took their own paths, and after a while, you, uh, you can't put Humpty Dumpty back no, together again. I, you anymore. know, the the East and the West. The the West had controversies that the East never had to deal with, yeah. and so so they end up being two different beasts because they deal with different controversies in different ways and. And they just kind of end up being very different. Hey, uh, today, uh, before we run out of time, today is yeah, we're nine, almost out. 9-11. How much time do yep. we have? What, what do we got? Oh, about you, we want to about two and a half minutes. Yeah. 9-11. I mean, it's 13 years. I, I remember, the, I remember uh, 2001. We were, we were supposed to have a Winkle, a pastor's, uh, circuit pastor's meeting at, at my congregation. And uh, we were all kind of watching. We had the TV on. We were watching the news. Couldn't believe what I was seeing. I, my wife called me. She says, we're under siege. <laughs> and uh, she called me from work and just could not believe. I, it, it was an amazing thing. I think, I think yeah. 9-11, 9-11 is a, has been a turning point, I think, in our culture in, in ways we didn't anticipate. I, I think it's, it's moved religion into a much different light. Uh, it, it accented how pluralistic and polytheistic our culture is. Um, I think nine eleven is is the the it's it's the flashpoint for the new muscular aggressive atheism. Hmm. You know, Sam Harris refers to it. Christopher Hitchens did. Uh, Dawkins, uh, all these guys. Um, you know, the nine eleven to them. Bill Maher always talks about this. That this is where religion gets you. This is for them. This is the end point of religion. This is the insanity of believing something you can't prove. And uh, and and I think it gave it gave new voice and energy to to new atheism and and that whole thing. Nine eleven is a huge turning point that we've only begun to uh, unpack culturally what it's done to us and uh, an ongoing war in the Middle East. Uh, you know, Al Qaeda is down, but uh, ISIS is up. Seven seven demons worse than the first. Now you know. Yeah, we we could talk for quite a while on this. Unfortunately, we don't have much time. I was uh, getting in the car going to a preschool orientation for my church in Rhode Island, and uh, the first the first plane had already struck, and by the time that I got there, the second plane had struck. And then I realized it wasn't just a, a mistake. You know, when, when they said a plane flew yeah. into the World Trade Center, I thought, some idiot in a Cessna. You know, I right. didn't realize it was it was full bore passenger jet. jet. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and we know from from other experiences that when they're in trouble, they can land those in the Hudson River. So uh, you know, I mean, so that's not. A, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, it was it was surreal, um, and I think we still underestimate. We still don't understand the Islamic threat as both a a, a kind of a church state uh, threat, and and that means. Uh, 
uh, a sharp sword and an even sharper evangelism. It's the only way. Unfortunately, we're out of time. Thanks for listening to the world famous God Whispers. <laughs> world famous? We'll see you next time. The song's Jesus back. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He taught me how to turn my cheek when people laugh at me. I've had friends before, and I can tell you that he's one who will never leave.